0: Welcome to This is Cheaper Than Therapy. Please enjoy your session. Hello, friends and family. Good morning. Uh, It is a dark and dreary morning here over at the Glasimitsky household. I am currently podcasting at the Ungodly hour of five twenty-seven a.m. Don't ask me why. That is just how the spirit moved me this morning. I could not sleep. I got up and I was like, I have to podcast. So I dragged my ass down to my basement and I'm sitting in complete darkness looking out my window, talking to a microphone. And um, if that is not a cry for help, then I don't really know what is. But let me be honest with you, I kind of like it. I kind of like this. Get up early, go to bed early, senior citizen adjacent life that I'm living these days. I um, i have been looking to make this switch for, for quite a long time, but for some reason have just like never been able to do it. I know it's like, you know, what is recommended by all of the successful, beautiful people in the world, but for me, I've just always been a late night person. I've always been a late morning person. Thank God my kids are great sleepers, and they have allowed me to keep that bullshit lifestyle going for quite some time, but I think in my old age, this is just kind of what I want to do, and it's making me happy right now, so I don't know how this is going to go. This is, um, you know, I'm not fully awake yet. I've just kind of inhaled a cup of coffee, and it hasn't really kicked in yet. I'm not really feeling much of anything. The world is still very dark to me. I can barely see out of my left eye, but you know we're gonna we're gonna proceed anyway. Let's talk about last week's episode. Lots of feedback. Lots of feedback. Um, two two main main comments that I got. One was from a friend of mine, and one was from my sister in law, and I want to address both. So my sister in law uh, listens to my episode. Shout out to you, bitch. Thank you for always being supportive. I love you and I appreciate you. Um, but her comment was about my interpretation of the British royal family being really the only royal family in the world that matters. And her critique of that was, um, what about the Saudi royal family? Right? Reasonable. These motherfuckers are just insanely wealthy and control half of the world's money and, um, you know, have so much actual power. Um, I guess my... My rebuttal to that is that it's not necessarily mainstream. That power is not necessarily mainstream the way that the British royal family is. The British royal family is much more in pop culture. It's much more publicly influential. The Saudi royal family lives in a part of the world that <clears throat> isn't really a part of mainstream culture. They don't really get the the recognition, the media recognition And that's what I'm using uh, for the basis of of influential. I think that that's the society we live in today. While I agree with her that the Saudi royal family is much more uh, powerful, I guess, in a different way than the British royal family. The British royal family is just they are. When you think of the royal family, they are what you think of. You don't think of the Saudi royal family. So that was my that was my um, my thinking there. And um, the other comment was about my belief that Prince Charles, which is Harry and William's father, was the source of the comments about Archie's skin and what would he, what you know, what would the kids look like when, when Harry first met Meghan. And her interpretation of that was that it was actually Prince William. And during our conversation, she goes on to say that there were reports a while back. From the very beginning, that William and Harry were not talking because of William's disapproval of Meghan. I don't think that Meghan, or that, excuse me, that William was particularly thrilled about Meghan. I actually really don't. The way that I think it went down was that William, because William is the future king after Prince Charles, so it goes Queen, current monarch, and then it's Prince Charles who will be taking over any day now once QE2 shits the bed. And then it will be um, Prince William and Kate Middleton will be Queen Consort and then their kids thereafter and their kids and so on and so forth. That is the line of succession. So I think that as far as, you know, those who marry into the family and any future potential heirs are probably heavily discussed by both Prince Charles and Prince William. I 100% agree with you there, Freya. What I'm saying is that I think that it was Prince Charles who ultimately made the call to, like, have the discussion with Harry. Um, I think that once they found out Meghan was pregnant, I think it was all hypothetical up until that point, right? Like, I think that up until that Harry and Meghan got married, they, you know, weren't sure if this is actually going to play out, if she was going to become a permanent member of the family, Then once they got married, I'm sure discussions really picked up. And then, you know, once they announced that she was pregnant or once they told his family that she was pregnant, I'm sure there was actually like a hardcore discussion. And I'm saying that that discussion happened with Prince Charles. I am not refuting the fact or I don't um, I don't necessarily disbelieve that William had some hand in it, but I do think it was Prince Charles who really kind of took the lead in that discussion. That's all I'm saying. That's all I wanted to clear up from, from last week. There wasn't a whole lot of commentary other than that. Um, other than people reaching out saying that they enjoyed the episode, which I appreciated. It was fun to talk about. Um, I really do, like I said in that episode, really enjoy the British royal family. I find them endlessly fascinating. And, you know, maybe as things continue to unfold, we'll keep up this conversation. All right. Now on to the low-hanging fruit basketball wives. Oh my goodness. Has anybody else watched this show? It's so good. I know that like Real Housewives is a big deal. People are super into it. I have actually watched the uh, most recent series and it's the only one I've ever watched, which is Salt Lake City. Um, I find the Mormon culture also to be like endlessly fascinating. The you know, sister wives thing. Is it her turn? Is it her turn? Everybody's taking a turn. Like, it's just, it's the whole thing to me is just like so crazy for a culture. My husband used to have an office, his old company that he started was headquartered in Utah, actually. So he spent a considerable amount of time there and also uh, got to know a lot of Mormon people. His business partner, was raised in the Mormon faith. I don't think that he was a practicing Mormon, but, you know, a lot of their employees were, a lot of their vendors were. Like it was like a whole a whole thing. So he got really familiar with the culture. And I had always found it, like I said, endlessly fascinating. So I really wanted to watch that series or that um franchise in Salt Lake City. It was It was just wild to me. It's just such a puritanical, very, like, sexually repressed culture. And then I knew that there was, you know, this massive swinger population out in Utah. And I just, I don't know, that, like, juxtaposition of, like, the Mormons and all sex is bad and dirty and no sex until marriage, like, horrible, horrible things. I don't know how these people actually even live. But – and then there's, like, this whole, like, really – hot and dirty <laughs> like underground culture of like bdsm and swingers and like really crazy kind of fetishes and all this kink shit and like that's all well and wonderful but it's just so funny like how we see you know within these really 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 sexually repressed cultures and religions um you know we see kind of this like underground community emerge of like these really like people go to extremes right like you go to extremes like absolutely no sex. Sex is the worst thing in the world. It's, you know, sinful and dirty and horrible. And then, you know, you grow up in that culture, but then you end up being like the sexual deviant who's like into all kinds of crazy shit. Not king shaming at all. I'm just saying like it's one extreme or the other. Anyway, back to Basketball Wives. If you don't watch it, you should. I personally feel well, – I guess I really can't compare them because I don't really watch um, any of the other Housewives and Stalman. I hear Jersey's awesome. I hear Orange County's really good. I hear Beverly Hills is really good. For some reason, like, I just I, – I feel like if I don't get in on a show on, like, the ground level on, like, season one, I can never really get into it because I feel like I'm missing something. Basketball-wise, I've been watching, uh, like, since the beginning – uh, it's created by Shawnee O'Neal, which is Shaquille O'Neal's wife, and it's like her whole, you know, merry band of merry band of, <laughs> of pirates who, like, just you know, they're all they're all in they're all industry wives, they're all wives or you know, former girlfriends, long term girlfriends of people in uh, the NBA or overseas. I think that they have started incorporating. Actually, I know they have because one of the bitches we're gonna talk about oh my god this pisses me off so bad one of the women we're going to talk about is actually the girlfriend of an overseas player if you watch basketball wise you already know who the fuck I'm talking about her name's OG she is just such oh she needs to get off the show she's so delusional and so like left of center on the pulse, right? She thinks like she knows, she thinks she's got like all of these things pinned down, but she has absolutely no idea what she's talking about. And what I'm gonna say about O. G. really kind of actually ties back to last week's episode. Um, I know racial issues are things that, you know, are really hot in front and center in our in our culture right now and I don't know why people feel like they shouldn't be discussed by absolutely everybody. I think just because I'm white doesn't mean that I Shouldn't be talking about racial issues. I think if anything, we should, like everybody should be talking about racial issues. Um, I don't think that you can exclude one person or one demographic of person from this kind of a conversation based on their race. Everybody needs to reconcile together. I don't know how further division here is going to bring anybody closer together. Excluding people from conversations or saying you can't speak on a topic is going to move us forward at all. So last week I was talking about how I don't believe that color or race is always at the heart, sometimes absolutely, but it's not always at the heart of of interracial issues. And sometimes it's just people being assholes, sometimes it's cultural issues, Um, you know, sometimes it's socioeconomic issues. And I know a lot of people will say that, you know, all of those issues tie back to race. But let's talk about OG and her problems. So just to give you some background on the show, if you don't watch it. So it is all women of color. Every single cast member is a woman of color. OG um, has made some really damaging accusations towards these other women, accusing them all of colorism. In my interpretation, or at least the way that I believe She's interpreting colorism is that there is bias even within uh, black communities or communities of color towards people of the same race who have either different features or a deeper skin tone or a lighter skin tone or whatever. So even within communities of color, there are still issues amongst people who are members of those of those demographics, which I understand and agree with. However, in OG's case, she's claiming that people don't like her because she is Nigerian. She was born in Nigeria. She claims to be Nigerian royalty or, you know, whatever. She claims that the women in the group who have like these massive issues with her have those issues because of colorism and not because She is a hyper aggressive, hyper defensive, massively insecure asshole. She is just like, she is just one of the most unlikable people I have ever come across in television. And there have been a lot of them. She is just, she takes everything like to the next level. Any kind, like, I have seen interactions with her and other cast members, like, that she has literally met for the first time and like just literally goes into this crescendo of like your husband's cheating on you he's not with your baby um if you don't stop talking I'm gonna finish you if I touched you you would know I touched you and if I touched you then then what like literally within less than 24 hours of meeting people she is already fighting with them it's it's absolutely insane but she personally believes (laughs) that The reason people don't like her is not based on those facts. It's based on the fact that she has uh, more typical uh, African features, native African features is, is what she said, which I understand. I'm sure under some circumstances, like with other people, that's correct. But OG, you're not listening to this. But if you are, girl, if you're fighting with everybody else, if you're getting into it with everybody else, in Malaysia, one of my favorite characters said that can't be everybody else. It's got to be you. You're. It's just like calling someone aggressive isn't a colorist term. It's not a colorist label. I'm not calling you aggressive because of the color of your skin. I'm calling you aggressive because of the way that you interact with people. And OG is aggressive, and that's not because she is a Nigerian woman. It's because. She's an aggressive asshole and just literally looks for fights. She's like a former uh, football player, like known for her violent playing style, whatever. It is what it is. I'm not going to try and go into like why she is the way that she is because I don't know her that well, but this is a longstanding history with her and I just don't, I don't understand why she can't grasp the concept that there may be another, there may be another reason why people don't fuck with her. Other than the fact that they are colorists, it can't possibly be her, you know, super shiny, sparkly personality. It's got to be the fact that she it's got to be the fact that she is of a deeper skin tone. She has more authentic African features. And that is the line on which they are divided it's insane. During last night's finale, it was so good. It was so good. The drama is so high. There are two new girls, like, coming into the collective, as they like to call it, who have, like, you know, some history with some other woman on the show, and then, like, OG has also talked to her, or talked to one of them, their their sisters, behind the scenes, because she wanted to get dirt on one of the girls. Whatever. It doesn't matter. But... You know, through the last couple of episodes, OG has been saying like they all went away on vacation together, or they went to like they got like a like houses or mansions or whatever in LA and did a staycation. And you know, OG made these accusations, and she's like, you know, I'm open to conversations with the other with the other ladies about this issue, and they're like, cool, like let's talk, like we're a sisterhood. However. You know, authentic you feel that is is a different story, but like we're a sisterhood, we want to, you know move forward, move past this, all of these things. So you know, at multiple points throughout the last couple of episodes, pretty much all of the women try and like talk to OG's like, can you tell me what I did? Can you tell me how to fix this? you know, what would you like to see change in my behavior? And pretty much, OG has always just said, unless you're willing to admit that you're a colorist, like without any kind of supporting evidence for me, like you just need to inherently know you're a colorist because I'm telling you you're a colorist. Outside of you admitting that fact, there will be no discussion. That is, that is some of the most toxic and ass backwards thinking. And truthfully, I feel like this is kind of a, A pattern of thinking that occurs in these situations like if you're not willing to just baseline admit to what I am telling you you are like if someone was telling me I'm a racist and they're like we can't have a conversation until you admit you're a racist I'm like can you tell me how I'm a racist can you tell me like specifically what I did can you tell me you know point to something that you know you felt I was you know you experienced with me and they're like, no, you just need to admit you're a racist. I'd be like, go fuck yourself. If you cannot provide me with any kind of evidence or talk to me on a lo- on a somewhat logical level, I understand that these feelings are they are based on personal experience. If you cannot quote those personal experiences to me, we have nothing to talk about. Like, where do you even go from there? Answer is nowhere. You can't go anywhere. So multiple women try and go and talk to OG and – she can't give them any kind of any kind of instances, although she did give a few. It was about, you know, related to – or she gave one or two, and it was, like, related to a social media post that Malaysia had had posted. And Malaysia was like, okay, let me, like, full stop you right there. That had absolutely nothing to do with you. I was breaking up with the guy I was dating. Um, that's in my kids' lives. And OG took that post and just – assumed on absolutely no factual basis that it was about her number one that is the most narcissistic shit I've ever heard like do you really think you're that important that everybody is just fucking talking about you at all times Like, go oh, obviously that has to be about me like people can't keep my name out of their mouth like they're obviously talking about me that's that's wild shit I don't know how people do this and I know that it is something that people do a lot is that and I'm not talking about people like I mean like Celebrity people, like people in these shows. It's like, I know you were talking about me. I know that post is about me. It's like, it had nothing to do with you. Like, I live a life outside of you. I don't even like you. We don't even hang out. Why would you think that, like, I'm posting something about you? It's laughable. And I guess her rationale was that, you know, Evelyn Lozada, who is another cast member on the show, was. Or posted something about um, that was actually about OG and it was like you know nobody watches you harder than someone who can't stand you and she posted like like that laughing monkey face and OG was like obviously you know the monkey laughing face was meant to be a derogatory comment on you know me and my skin color and my features and all of that. And Evelyn was like, my kids are half black. If I was talking about or, you know, are black, I guess Evelyn identifies as an Afro-Latina. And that's fine. I'm not going to tell her otherwise. Um, She's like, I would be talking about my own children. Like, I don't use these things in a derogatory way. I don't. Like, that's ridiculous. It was just like, you know, one of the first... Gifts that popped up when I typed in the word laughing. Like you're reading too deep into it. And that's OG's problem. She thinks that everything is racially motivated or color motivated. And she can't get out of her own asshole and think that, wow, maybe I'm just a douchebag and people don't fuck with me because I'm a douchebag. Keeping with the reality show theme, well, not reality show, but public figure theme of this uh, podcast, truthfully, I didn't really think it was going to go this way. But fuck it. I guess we're doing a we're doing a full pop culture show today, guys. Britney Spears, Free Britney, Free Her. Oh my god, that documentary haunts me. Every lawyer they interviewed, even ones that had worked on behalf of the conservatorship, you know, independent attorneys that they had interviewed during the documentary, all say the same thing. This conservatorship is not warranted. Um, there is a very high threshold of burden that must be meant for, met for a conservatorship to be put in place over somebody, like to take someone's rights away, take someone's rights away to, you know, manage their own affairs, choose their own job, their comings and goings, leaving the house, employment opportunities, business opportunities. There is an extremely high, um, you know, burden that must be met you have to prove a lot of things and every attorney that they interviewed was like this is a business arrangement benefiting everybody but her she's a prisoner like like she's she's perfectly capable of managing her own life she's just being kept in this conservatorship you know by her father who is benefiting massively financially from from this arrangement so back in 2019 or September 2019 she filed for a temporary um, change in the conservator or that her father would be removed as the conservator of her estate and that a professional conservator can you be how do you become a professional conservator is that like becoming a professional AA sponsor if so like how do you do it I, I want in on this I feel like that is my true calling how do I be a professional AA sponsor? Let me know. If anybody has any ideas, let me know. Anyway, this woman, Judy Montgomery, or I'm sorry, Jody Montgomery, like the most southern name ever, like Georgia law lady. Hi, I'm Jody Montgomery. I'm here to be your conservator, ma'am. I'm going to look after you and all your affairs here. Let me let me know what I can do. Uh, it's crazy. Like she was appointed as the temporary conservator of her estate along with. With her father, I believe, who was kind of in the background. But they have now filed a motion in court to have Jody Montgomery become the permanent sole conservator of Britney Spears' estate. Which is, like, a total step in the right direction. The fact that her father, right, like, working with family, or in this case, um, being imprisoned by your family, is just, it always breeds, like, this other... There's always other dynamics in play, at play, right? So, like, her father was, I think, prior to the conservatorship, already on the payroll. He had some kind of like managerial role. And I think he really sees the opportunity to like kick that paycheck up a notch and place himself in this position, this godlike position in his daughter's life where he was just raking in them coins, just like making money hand over fist from you know, off the back of his daughter, who was essentially now his, like, work slave. And it was disgusting. And, you know, there have been so many things that have come to light over the last, um, you know, however long, the last couple of years that have all pointed to the fact that this was, you know, really just a massive mistake on the part of the court. They kind of got Britney at a point, like a very, very low point where she was not in a position to fight back. And... You know, things just really kind of devolved from there. It was very, very sad. But I am super pumped for her. I am a a, a full card carrying member of the Free Britney movement. I love Britney Spears. She is like my my childhood idol. I'll never forget my allowance money when I was a kid. The first three CDs that I ever purchased was Britney Spears Baby One More Time. The Spice Girls album, the one with the gold ring on it. I forget what it was called. I think it was called Wannabe. Is that what it was called? Or was it just self-titled? might have just been self-titled. And J-Lo's on the Six. Those three albums are like the soundtrack to my prepubescent life. Britney Spears is the closest thing I have to a god in my life. I love her. I love Britney Spears. I hate what she has become. It is so sad. Um, I really, really feel like this conservatorship needs to be lifted and done immediately. I think that she is, while her social media may say it differently, I believe that she is actually um, a competent human being, <laughs> manage it, you know, capable of managing her own life I think that she should be able to see her kids I don't think that she's a danger to them I think that she is a loving and devoted mom I think that you know a lot of the things that she has had to endure over the last couple of years with all of this this bullshit has really kind of fucked her up I'm not saying she isn't going to need some kind of uh, psychiatric help you know on the back end of all this but I do think that she um, is capable of leading an independent life and hashtag free Britney. Okay. Okay, folks. Let's get to the piece de resistance of this episode. Oh, social media influencers who espouse these, like, I have the guide to life, whether it's, like, a relationship or business or, you know, personal development or wellness or whatever. But then in real life, <laughs> do the exact opposite shit. I don't know if any of you have heard of this man. His name is Derek Jackson. Ring a bell, anybody? He is like this Instagram, social media influencer, relationship guru, and self-proclaimed man of God. Oh, This shit pisses me off like nothing else. I apologize in advance if I get really fired up while talking about this. Something about this just really, really chaps my ass. So Derek Jackson is married. He's a married man. I'm not sure for how long. I think for like multiple years. I think him and his wife have had, I I think during the video that came out. We'll get to that in a second. But I think it's like, you know, for the last like 12 years or something. So they've been together for a very long time. uh, Longer than Instagram and Really, social media in general has even been a thing. Um, for like a very long time, like before he found fame and success. This man is a major uh, Instagram influencer who preaches about the value of relationships and how as a man or, you know, men in general need to do right by their women and treat them like queens. And what you put into relationships is what you get out. And, you know, men in general need to... Evolve to a higher level and practice self control and be, you know, more emotionally available and intelligent and all of these things. Like, this guy portrays himself as being like this, like having done the work. And, you know, I am now this perfect specimen of what a husband and a partner and a spouse or whoever should be. This dude is out fucking bitches left, right, and center. And has been for quite some time. It all kind of came to a head, I think, a couple weeks ago, where he was outed for this. You know, I think a few of his his mistresses had came forward and told their stories and a few months ago and his wife initially left him. Um You know, she found out about it. I guess she was really blindsided and didn't really, you know, fully understand what was going on. And it was, you know, this major departure from who she had believed he was. Fast forward to, you know, this last week or so. He and his wife are sitting, put out a video. They're sitting down on their couch. She's looking all, you know humble and innocent she's wearing like you know pants and a t-shirt and like a black beanie weird choice but whatever that's her journey and he's sitting there holding her hand and he's just talking like very matter-of-factly which kind of pissed me off for some weird reason very matter-of-factly about the fact that he had been like this piece of shit husband and he had stepped out on his wife all of these times and he's like I'm not just talking about you know intimate conversations or flirting whatever he's like we met up we had sex You know all of these things, you know it was there, and there were multiple women. There were like full fledged affairs, blah 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 blah. Goes into this crescendo about how you know he's now seeking, um, faith based counseling, and that they're in counseling together, and that they are, you know, moving forward from this, and that she is you know standing by him and that she you know she she then says her part after he spews his bullshit or whatever she then says her part it's like listen I've read everything that's out there he has told like she and she this is the part that gets me is that she you can tell in her voice she is so convinced of the fact that he has been totally forthcoming with her you know while he was you know saying his piece he was like I you know have told her all of the sordid details you know up and through like where when and how these things happened and who they were and how many times and what positions and like everything he's like I have told her everything there is there are no secrets left between us and she then like I said begins to say her part and she is like So confident in the fact that that is the truth, that he has, you know, given her 100% transparency and that he has fully come clean and that the last encounter, I believe he said, was like a few months ago. You know, he kind of cut things off like right around the time that she found out and, um, you know, she left and all the things happened. Well, (laughs) As you may have guessed, this douchebag lied. Um, it's really frustrating to me to have this conversation because I don't want to come off like I'm a man hater or that I'm like going to start assigning these qualities to all men because I don't believe that all men are like this. I really, really don't. I know so many good quality, upstanding, moral compass points do north type of dudes. Right. Like they're for the most part, the only type that I have in my life, there are a few exceptions and I'll fuck with them too hard. But like for the most part, like all of the guys that I have in my life now um, are like real genuine people and they, you know, don't do this bullshit. And I don't want to get it confused and start sounding like I'm like going to go down, a, you know, men ain't shit. You don't need no dude type of type of road because that's not where this is going. Um, new evidence has surfaced uh, in the last week um, from a more recent mistress, who is an alleged doctor, uh, I think she, don't quote me on this I think she's like in the Atlanta area or something like that, claiming that at the end of last year, she became pregnant with his child. She's a doctor. She's living her best career life. She's like, I have goals. I don't want kids right now. So she was like, uh, she called them. She's like, I'm pregnant. I am going to terminate this pregnancy. This is not in the cards me right now. This is a massive mistake. Like, I just wanted to let you know that this is what's going on. He, you know, being the man of God and oh my God, just having like this, you know, bullshit moral dilemma about it you know I just I don't I don't feel good about that I want you to you know I want you to have this baby like that's not in my values blah 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 I guess he tried to like delay the termination of this pregnancy but ultimately I do I it it was terminated as at least as the is the understanding that I have of the situation she then goes on to say I saw him one week ago we were together one week ago he was literally recording. So he does like these videos, like these videos from his car for Instagram, like these short, you know, couple minute videos about like how you should be a good man, which is like the most hilarious thing ever. Um, and, you know what relationships problems are, and how is the man in your relationship? You can correct these things and blah 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 blah. He's literally sitting in front of her house, like you can see her house in the in the background of his videos. So he went from being balls deep in his side, bitch. To recording a video about how it is that you should lead a clean and spotless life. This pisses me off to no fucking end. Number one, how stupid can you be? You're parked outside your side hose house. Did you not think? And this was after, right? Like I think this was after he had posted this video with his wife. So he knew full well that, you know, this information was out there and being talked about and people like, did you really think people were gonna be like, oh, okay, that's it. No more digging. We don't need to we don't need to know anything else about this. People were obviously being hypercritical of all of your like photos, all of your videos, all of the things that you're saying. You're parked outside this bitch's house. (laughs) Did you really think that no one was going to notice or people weren't going to be putting these pieces together? I swear to God, every single person who presents themselves on social media as being the perfect spouse, mother, wife, business partner, inside whatever archetype they're choosing to embody here, Is actually the exact opposite I swear to God The more perfect someone's Instagram, YouTube Like whatever social media platform Those are like the only ones that I ever even like look at But the more perfect their life seems The more of a piece of shit they are I'm convinced The more fucked up that their real life actually is I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a psychiatrist, but I personally believe that these people have taken to social media to convince themselves. Like, they put on, like, they put on this persona, or they, like, try on this personality in an attempt to genuinely convince themselves they're not actually the piece of shit that they are through this, like, massive public overcompensation. It is an epidemic? I is it an epidemic? I feel like I see so many influencers that are like I just have my husband is my best friend. My wife is just this queen amongst all of these sewer rats. I I'm so in love with her. I am so in love with him. Whatever it is, and I'm like the first thing that says to me, I am so jaded at this point. I know, oh whatever, I am so jaded at this point. I'm like, oh, so you're you're blowing another dude? You're secretly you're secretly gay? You're like totally in the closet? Cool. Um, oh, your husband beats you? Is that is that why? Is are, like. <sighs> In my opinion, when I started to see these posts, and I know so many people like, you know, in real life who also do this shit, oh, the husband appreciation post, like your husband doesn't even live with you. You guys don't even sleep in the same bed. You took your kid and you left and you went to your your mother's house because you can't stand the son of a bitch anymore. I know that. Everybody in your, your circle knows that, but your in denial about it or I don't know you're trying to convince other people of it like what are you doing I don't understand this about people it drives me fucking nuts the first thing that comes to mind when I see these type of posts or really the people who like overuse these type of posts or don't post anything else do you know what I mean like I'm fully uh, like if you post I, I don't know people who come off too perfect People who are desperate to come off as being the perfect this or that or, you know, the next thing, it just screams, my life is so fucked up that I need to come over, come to this public platform to convince everybody else and myself otherwise. It drives me fucking batshit. There's a really prominent... uh you know and this guy Derek Jackson or whatever he's not the only one obviously another one that comes to mind is that like there's this really prominent um YouTube family it's like a mom and dad and like a couple little kids or a few little kids who appear to be living like this perfect life super wealthy really figured out (laughs) really cracked the code on the YouTube family influencer thing and have been very very successful and like great good for them like I'm not knocking their success. I'm a hardcore capitalist. Like get your money. Do what you have to do. my issue is that when you appear on the public platform and you're profiting off of this absolute undeniable lie of what your relationship is, right? Like this family makes their money on the assumption that they are actually perfect, right? Like everybody wants to believe in that. Everybody wants to believe that the perfect relationship, the perfect family, the perfect kids, the perfect everything exists. And that is what you're making money off of. And when that is so far from the truth, And you're profiting millions and millions of dollars off of it. That I can't I just I can't I can't deal with it. I really can't deal with it. This family you know the mom and the dad are really like the stars of the show. They're all up and through social media like up each other's assholes balls deep in each other all the time like we're obsessed love each other like this is the only one for me. I would die for you. Great. And that may be true. But I also know for a fact that this man is balls deep in other women on a very regular basis. How do I know that? Because I know personally one of these women. She's a good friend of mine. She lives in California. She's talked to me about it on several occasions. I can't deal with this. Perfect people don't exist. Perfect relationships don't exist. I hope this rant isn't coming off as bitter. I live a wonderful life. Like, I'm not, this isn't some kind of like misplaced bitterness or pissed offness about my own relationship and my own life. Truthfully, I have an extremely happy and fulfilling and functional marriage. Is it perfect? No. And if you ever have a conversation with me, I will most likely tell you as much my husband is a pain in my ass I am obsessed with him I would actually die for him but he is a fucking lunatic (laughs) like I don't know how else to say it like we get on each other's nerves we're around each other constantly it's it's just like it's too fucking much at some points but I love the shit out of him and both things can exist I want to see more of that on social media, and I think that there's some of it, and I think it's becoming a trend, you know, the non-perfect, perfect perfect influencer relationship person. It's like no one who is married or in a long-term committed relationship or whatever has perfect communication all the time. Communication is the most important thing in a relationship, and it is 100%, but everybody's got some bad days. Everybody takes some L's every once in a while. Not everybody is always like, you know what, honey? I hear you. I see you. Let's sit down and talk about about how I've hurt you. No one fucking does that 100% of the time. Sometimes, yeah. I absolutely think that that is a healthy part of a relationship. But sometimes do I say, motherfucker, shut up. I don't care what you have to say. I am completely denying your feelings. I don't really care about your feel. Like, yes, I'm a monster sometimes. And so is he. Talking about my husband. Like, that's how it is sometimes. And <laughs> that's how it is in every relationship. The difference is that it's more good than bad. The good far outweighs the bad. I believe that my husband and I are soulmates. Do I think that I have one soulmate in this entire world? Do I believe in, like, this Faded approach to love? No, not really. I'm sure there are other people out there somewhere that maybe I would have been equally as compatible with. The difference is I chose this one. This is my path. This is my life. And I am so happy and so genuinely obsessed with it. I live an incredible life and I have blessings on blessings on blessings. But it's not fucking perfect, and I will never pretend that it is. And if ever there comes a day where I'm able to profit off of any of this, you will never see me get on Instagram or get on social media and be like, "I just this isn't an appreciation." Like you'll just you'll never see like that hardcore. Like there's nothing wrong in my life. How dare you for thinking that we're absolutely perfect at all times, no matter what, under all circumstances, bullshit spew from my mouth. And if you ever do, (laughs) I want you to find me and beat me over the head with a large blunt object. I can't stand this. I hate the fake social media shit. I am all for, right. So let me back up there. I hate the fake social media shit in this way. I believe that social media is like your highlight reel, and it should be, unless you want it to be something else. My issue is that when people really start to drive this, like, I'm me or my family or whoever is superior to you and yours, or that we should be something that you're aspiring to and profiting off of that but really your life is much different. Your real life is much different and you're you're just a horrendous hypocrite. If you're going to show both, show both. Or if you're only going to show one, like don't take it to that level of like this is what you should be aspiring to. If you want to show a happy moment, show a happy moment and just let it be that. Don't start preaching to people about this is what you should be getting to. This is how you should do it. You should be living like me. Don't fucking do it unless your shit is squeaky fucking clean, bulletproof, infallible. Don't do it. It's irresponsible. You're giving so many people, so many like younger people. I know so many like younger kids who <clears throat> you know look up to these people and it's like, "Wow. It really is possible. What the fuck is wrong with everybody else?" There's nothing wrong with everybody. Well, let me, there are things that are, that are wrong with some people. But in general, most people are, are, are living a normal existence. And that's fine. Not everything needs to be so perfect because it doesn't fucking exist. I'm exhausted. Guys, thanks for listening this week. I really appreciate it. Um, go. Oh, hold on. Last thing. Last week, I got an, ep- uh, an episode. I got an email from my um, analytics company. I, you know, signed up for the freemium package for this company who does podcast analytics. Not that I really look at it because I don't like to like get in my head about shit. Um, but they keep track of, like, all your stats and, you know, your reach and demographics and, you know, things of that nature. I got an email from my account rep, Carlos. Shout out to you, homeboy. I've had a few conversations with him on the phone. Um, and I apparently, for a hot second, charted. I was on the Apple iTunes chart for, like, 20 minutes last week sometime in my category. I am in a very niche category. I, like when you set up a podcast, like you have to tag it with certain with certain things, like I'm in a in the comedy fiction section, you know, subcategory this this or this, but still, like there's thousands of people I'm competing with. You bitch peaked on the chart at number 97. I was in the top 100 podcast for my genre for like literally 20 week 20 minutes last Wednesday I'm gonna take that as a win this is week 10 this is the 10th episode yay double digits this is the 10th episode been at this for 10 weeks um I'm gonna call that I'm gonna call that a a great achievement I'm super excited about that I feel very very happy with myself I think that is a step in the right direction yeah if you missed that on social media i think i did post it i figured i'd just share it here but i'm very proud anyway let's get to number one go to apple go to spotify go to wherever you listen to podcasts rate me five stars leave me a comment a review or whatever the fuck share it with your friends um follow me on social media instagram is at gina the show is uh, at this is cheaper than therapy and I will see you guys next week.